truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to the Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre are here with us as well. 888-900-3393 is the number if you would like to join us here today. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening via the podcast or Blaze Radio, that last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, We're going to spend the entire time we have on this whole Ukraine story. And we're going to let one of our our uh, our peers here uh, at uh, at Blaze TV Radio and Podcast, Glenn Beck, kind of drive the conversation with some of the content that he has been putting out. And the three of us are going to react to this in real time without having conferred with one another. Um, None of us really has any clue what the other has, has, has thought about what we're going to talk about. And we're going to conduct our own little internal focus group in response to this, because I've not seen anyone else do some of the legwork on this that Glenn has done. And if we're going to have a, well, let me say this again. And I said it on Friday, we're going to have an impeachment folks, because we've got a record amount of Americans in the, in the workforce right now. We have, a, we have a record amount of Hispanic unemployment, and we have maintained a record amount of black unemployment. All right, that, that's, <laughs> let's, let's not start off a new week on a beautiful fall day across most of America, yearning on one another and pretending it's raining. Okay, can we all just a- a- agree as adults, we're all consenting adults here. Let's just be honest. That's why we're going to have an impeachment, right? Right. Okay, right, now, the, the straw man argument, the excuse for it, the rationale we're being given is Ukraine, all right? So if that's the false flag we're going to run up the maypole, then by all means, let's take a long, hard look at it. So next hour, we are going to, all right? And, and we'll find out. Has Skynet really evolved or not? Take a look at it next hour, all right? But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Whistleblowers for Everyone, the legal team that represented the original whistleblower in the Trump-Ukraine-Biden scandal-not-scandal announced over the weekend they're representing a second whistleblower who has direct first-hand knowledge of his or her complaints. Leaked footage surfaced over the weekend of Adam Schiff being told about the new whistleblower. Well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'll be very keen... Uh, he's already got one, you see? What? He says they've already got one. Are you sure he's got one? Oh, yes, it's very nice, uh... I told them we already got one. <laughs> After a while, Schiff reportedly relented. People got really mad about Marco Rubio's response to a question regarding Trump's appeal to China to investigate the Bidens. I don't know if that's a real request or him just uh, needling the press, knowing that you guys were going to get outraged by it. Uh, He's gotten, he's pretty good at getting everybody fired up, and he's been doing that for a while, and the media responded uh, right on, uh, right on, right on task. I don't think it's a real request. I think, again, I think he did it to gig you guys. I think he did it to provoke you to ask me and others and get outraged by it. 
Mitt Romney knocked Trump over the weekend. By all appearances, the president's brazen and unprecedented appeal to China and to Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden is wrong and appalling. The Democrats are lucky they don't have any Mitt Romney types. They may be lousy politicians with really bad policies, open borders, sanctuary cities, etc., but they stick together. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, the swamp has been drained, long live the swamp. El pantano ha sido drenado. Viva el pantano. Joe Biden got really testy when asked about his connection to the Ukraine story. It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. In other news, the White House announced on Sunday evening that Turkey will launch military operations in northern Syria. A statement released by the White House confirmed the United States will not be involved in any military operations in northern Syria and that Turkey will now be responsible for all ISIS fighters captured during the United States battle against the so-called caliphate. Moving on and checking in on MSNBC. You could impeach Pence first. The problem is that Donald Trump then has to name his replacement. But I think that maybe a deal could be struck where he was told if you don't make a replacement, then Nancy Pelosi does become president. And so you are going to be impeached and convicted. You need to make this replacement so that the proper party contains, uh, remains in power. Moving on, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the NBA's Houston Rockets, tweeted a graphic this weekend in support of the Hong Kong anti-China protesters. This made a bunch of people mad, apparently. The NBA ended up releasing a statement in which they condemned Maury for his pro-democracy stance, saying, quote, We have a great respect for the history and culture of China and hope that sports and the NBA can be used as a unifying force to bridge cultural divides and bring people together, end quote. Newsweek tweets, tanning salons could be targeting gay men by operating in LGBT neighborhoods, putting them at risk of cancer. New York Times op-ed headline, Free Speech is Killing Us. A story from Sky News reportedly details a new crisis. Hundreds of young people seeking to return to normal after going through so-called gender transition therapy. Charlie Evans is forming a charity to support people in Ruby's position. After going public with her detransition story, she discovered an online community of 5,000 in a similar position. 30 people alone in her area of Newcastle. I was approached by a young woman um, with a beard and she hugged me and, and said, I'm, I'm a detransitioned woman as well, I've just stopped taking testosterone. Um, and after that I felt like I had to do something. I'm hearing from like, hundreds of people um, and I think some of the common characteristics are they tend to be around their mid-twenties um, they're mostly female and mostly same-sex attracted, mostly lesbians um, and often autistic as well. The clinics here and in London see 3,000% more patients than they did 10 years ago. Among girls, referrals are up more than 5,000%. There's no question this service is helping children who feel distressed in their own bodies. But the full impact of children making decisions about their gender at such young ages may not truly be clear until much later in their lives. A video surfaced from the King County Library in Washington State showing a drag queen during Drag Queen Story Hour stripping and dancing for children. Watch this and choke on it.
And finally, we found it. The very best Halloween costume of all time. It's real! Area 51, they let him loose! Oh god! Help me! Go what are you running away for? Don't run, And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at Home Title Lock. I want to warn you about those annoying robocalls you're getting right now, telling you you are pre-approved for some loans credit cards, et cetera. Be very careful. And you might be thinking, hey, I've got identity theft protection. They can't, they can't steal my identity. And that's great. And if you don't have it, you should, by the way. But uh, what if you give them, you fall for the canard anyway, and you give them some identif- identifying information. Here's what they do. Uh, they go online where pretty much all of our mortgage notes and home titles are kept nowadays. It's called home title fraud or equity theft. The FBI says this is one of the f- crime fads of 2019. It's been warning about it all year long. So they go online to these databases where all of our home loan information is kept. And that's the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have in their lifetimes. They log in as you make it look like you sold your home to them. They then liquidate all of the equity that you have stored up in your home, sticking you with the late payments for foreclosure notices, et cetera. Don't let this happen to you. Your identity theft protection, your bank mortgage lender cannot protect you, but for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. By putting a virtual barrier around your home's title, if they detect any tampering whatsoever, they mobilize instantly to protect your investment. And right now they're offering you 60 risk-free days of protection. That's right. 60 risk-free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. We're going to talk about that uh, Sky News story out of the UK on detransitioning. Uh, we're going to talk about that later today in the overtime. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, uh, it'll be posted for you later today. If you're not, blazetv.com slash dace is how you can become one and take advantage of my last name there to get a discounted subscription at Blaze TV and everything that we do and everybody else does for Blaze TV as well. There's all kinds of content we offer at Blaze TV that is not available via podcast. All right. So blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com. Slash days. All right, gentlemen, let's get to the um, uh, to what's in the montage. Uh, there's there's three. I've got three big takeaways, and you know, and one aside. I'll get the aside out of the way now. Um, Trump can't dunk on Mitt Romney enough, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, particularly if Willard is going to continue to put his head out there in the stockade and say swing away, then by all means, I'm here. I'm here for this. I mean, he can, and everything that he said about th- there is no democratic equivalent to that. There isn't. All right. I mean, what you'll see, for example, when Fox gets Democrats on is is they'll give you honest takes like on polls. But like Juan Williams and Donna Brazil and all the other people they've had on there, they're not like abandoning the party on issues. There is no equivalency to that. And there never has been. And the reason why is because a house divided against itself can't stand. Because their party is driven by ideology and the Republican Party is not. It's driven by a lot of, uh, uh, you know, this kind of cavalcade of whimsy, uh, this smorgasbord of, of various interests, uh, hardcore conservatives, some, you know, a dash of libertarians, people who are Teddy Roosevelt progressives, others who agree with the, a lot, the, the Democrats on a lot of uh, substantively, but don't believe in authoritarian approaches to enact it. Just it's and, and that's you get this. It's a goulash. It's not a political party. And that's why there's never going to be. At least, you know, not in our lifetimes. There's never going to be Mitt Romney type equivalents 
on the Democratic side. There's just never going to be. And you can, you know, you'll find a John Bell Edwards, maybe. But if he ever ran for president, he'd have no shot. They'd destroy him. That's the pro-life Democrat governor in Louisiana. They'd crush him. When you send him to Washington, D.C., here's what happens. It doesn't matter if you're sending Mary Landrew out of Louisiana or Dianne Feinstein out of California. Get the exact same policies. The exact same ones. Doesn't make a difference. Their party is driven by ideology. The Republican Party is a witch's brew. And that's why there aren't any Mitt Romney equivalents in the other, uh, in the other party. A couple of other takeaways I want to address. You know, um, you've got to be either really right or really wrong about something if you're going to put Steve Dace and Keith Oberman on the same side. But the NBA has managed to do that here today. And if you look at, you know, Clay Travis pointed this out and I retweeted this last night. I mean, the NBA went to war against the state of North Carolina over its protection of women in bathrooms. And yet it can't bow the knee to the, to the Chinese quick enough. You know, it's kind of funny is in many respects, the, the NBA has the same position on China and Hong Kong that Donald Trump actually has. That's what's kind of ironic about this is there's a lot of Trump folks who are very upset about what the NBA is saying. And yet that's, that's effectively what Donald Trump said a few months ago, basically the same thing, you know? Um, but if you look at what the NBA has become, the NBA, if you, if you add it all up, here's what the political math says. The NBA hates people like you and me more than tyrants in, in China. Uh, that, I, that's essentially its position. You're worse than, than, than the shy comms. That's, am I wrong? No. That's really its position. At, when you, when you, now, whether that's its intentional position, you know, probably a little of both. You know, that, they, that there's probably some truth to that. You know, it is, after all, the league with the most draconian national anthem policy of all of the sports leagues. You are not permitted to protest. You're not permitted to sit in the locker room. You must stand up every time for all 82 games and the preseason and the playoffs. While it's, while it's uh, coaches like Steve Kerr go out there and bitch and moan about the NFL uh, policy that's far more lenient than the one that in their own league. So there's probably some of that. I mean, it, it, woke culture is loser culture. It's for grifters and groupies. Let me latch on to a cause I don't know a damn thing about and just virtue signal my life away on, uh, you know, to, on ESPN clips and in social media. But then when it's, when it's, when it's uh, my gravy train that's threatened, suddenly we need uh, accommodation and capitalism must reign. I mean, that's, that's, that, you know, that's tale as old as time, man. That's Hollywood stars showing up at the global warming conferences in their private jets with their SUVs. We, we've all, that's, you know, the Clintons and Obamas sending their kids to private schools while opposing school choice. You know, we've all been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, ridden hard, put away wet, bro. Okay, we, we know that. So there's a, it's a little bit of both there. But uh, that's not an excuse. Under no circumstances should a corporation, an industry that has the freedom and liberties secured by the American people to thank for all of its largesse, side with tyrants in China over their own, over, over their own countrymen. That just, it's just, that, that's, I mean, it's just, it's inexcusable. And if you've got me and Keith Oberman pointing this out, although for vastly different reasons, 
um, you suck at this. You're terrible. And as Laura Ingram once said, shut up and dribble. All right. If, if, if you want to kvetch on politics, try leaving it to the professionals. Leave it to the Keith Obermans of the world. They're much better at it than you are. Shut up and dribble. You, you suck at this. Because all you have managed to do is take both of your potential American constituencies and alienate them against you at, at the same time. Because you're trying to have it both ways. Right? You're trying to be super woke and you're trying to be uh, capitalist pigs at the exact same time. And it, just, it doesn't work. All right. So since we all know your heart's really in being capitalistic pigs, shut up and dribble. Anybody want any thoughts to that before I move on to the next topic? I just don't understand why this was a thing. And, and I, guys, I'm trying to theorize why this blew up the way it was. Is it because it was a white general manager from Texas instead of maybe a black general manager for the for the Golden State Warriors? All Is that those are fair, all those are fair questions. And when you when you operate this clumsily. In this arena, you open yourself up to all those things, which is why the, the, the if I was on their PR team, my advice would be shut up and dribble. You don't know how to navigate this space. You don't know what you're doing. And um, uh, just shut up and dribble. Just play oh. basketball. It was just, what, a couple months ago that uh, LeBron James took umbrage with the calling uh the owners yeah. of basketball teams. LeBron owners. James with his fake hate crime allegations yeah. in LA. I, I, I've been vandalized with hate crimes and then the LAPD goes out there and there's nothing. They don't find anything. You mean like that? Yeah. yeah. So that wasn't ruthlessly stamped out as stupid. So you can expect just more stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this Kurds thing, I, I'm pretty worked up about it. And we were one of the first programs in this space to start deviating it away from the traditional Republican line on foreign policy. I have been on the record for several years, at least as long as you've worked here, Todd. How long have you worked here? It's five years. Now. Five years. Can you think of a time in the five years you've worked here that I have not been on the record against the foreign policy notion that our job is to be perpetual mall cops in Muslim lands? Right. I've been on the record yeah. at least five years with that. Absolutely. Which predates anybody thinking, taking Donald Trump seriously on a political level. Correct. One of the things we've also said in recent years is you cannot be dogmatic about this, right? Right. You have to, you have to look at situations on a case-by-case basis, okay? So even though I am against, on an on a ideological level, I am against this. I, I also don't think you can universally dogmatically apply even something that I actually believe. And this is a case in point. And I understand that the Syrian Kurds are not the same as the Iraqi Kurds. I get that. That was going to be my first pushback. I, I understand that. Okay. But, but they also did help us and risk their lives to fight ISIS. The reality is that this, this sectarian people in various countries have risked their lives in allied interest with the United States for essentially Aaron's entire, more, longer than you've been alive. Yep. The first Gulf War took place before you were born. Yep. So more than a quarter century, this sectarian people known as the Kurds in various countries on various fronts have risked their lives fighting alongside, and it's cost them their lives, allied interest with the United States. For us to abandon them, while at the same time, our troops are, are still playing, hey, st stand a post over IEDs in Afghanistan. 
is terrible foreign policy. It sends a terrible message. Don't risk your life for the United States. They'll abandon you. And then, then the irony of, well, we're going to let Turkey go ahead because they helped us with the caliphate so they could establish their own caliphate. That's why. The guy or er, 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 in there in Turkey is not a good guy. Remember, this is the guy that was beating up uh, our own people. His, his bodyguards were a couple of years ago. On our own soil. On our own soil. They've got, do they still have that pastor imprisoned over there? Or did we ever get him out? I'm not sure about Okay. That. This is not a good guy. This guy is essentially trying to take Islamism, uh, is, is taking the Vegas mob approach to Islamism. What do I mean by that? Is the mob figured out they could go legit on the Vegas Strip? And they could still do business as they always did. But, you know, you throw in some flamingo dancers and a nice buffet or two, and Dean Martin is on, you know, comes in with Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra a few times a year. Nobody says a damn thing. And that's what, that's what Irwin is trying to do right now. He is trying to do with Islamism what, Vegas, what, 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 the, what the mob did with the Vegas Strip. Put a front on it to have it go legit. He's a thug. The reason we have not given the, why, why have we not given the Kurds in northern Iraq who have fought with us for three decades? Why have we not given them their own country? Do you know why? Turkey. And now we're going to, now we're going to say we're going to cede from one, one out front caliphate to a would be caliphate and you're grist for the mill. We're not even really doing a pullout of Syria when you look at it, actually. Like I, I, I might even be less incensed if we were like actually walking away, but we're not. We're essentially just giving Irwin this. We're sending these people to, be, to, be, to, to die in exchange for fighting alongside of us. And I'm sorry if you're online right now and you know who you are and you're defending this, but you have nothing to say about why we still stay in Afghanistan despite the, the, the body count. You're not some kind of a patriot. You're just a Trump shill. Own it, bro. That's who you are. Just own it. All right. There's nothing Trump could do that you would say no to. You're just a Trump shill. Own that poo. That's who you are. This is a terrible message to send. I just retweeted a foreign policy guy whose opinion I greatly respect, conservative Jewish guy, David Shore. I thought what he said is perfect right on. Allies in this world are harder to find than wives. Someone let Trump know that, please. Yes. I would argue we have had... They've been, they have been a more consistent ally of ours than maybe any other group of people in this world in, in the last three decades other than the Brits. They've certainly been a more consistent ally than the Germans, the French. They have spilled blood on numerous fronts on our account. And yes, they did it for their own self-interest too. Now, there's some talk that there's a Christian element to the Kurds in Syria. I am doing my best to ignore that as a believer in the five years you've said here, said here, Todd, have I urged the United States to offensively engage in a theater in a foreign government in a foreign country because of Christian perse- no. persecution? No. So I'm trying my best to ignore that and leave it just on the fact that this particular sectarian group of people have put their lives on the line, and I'm sure they did it believing that one day the United States would pay them back. Well, here's how we paid them back. We left them to fight Iranians in the Iraqi theater without giving them a, a, you know, their own space because that was going to offend the Turks there. And now we have left them to fight the caliphate. They just, they just risked their lives defeating to fight another would-be caliphate in Syria under Irwin's name. 
I think this sends an absolutely terrible message. And you can save me your one-dimensional emails. Well, you good luck, Dace. You agree with Lindsey Graham. What a, you're a child. So if Lindsey Graham tweets out tomorrow, pumpkin spice is great. I should change my opinion on that. Lindsey Graham treats, t- tweets out tomorrow, go blue. I should decide, you know, I guess I've just, man, I should abandon my Michigan. You're a child. Get out of this arena. You don't, don't vote. You don't deserve a vote. You're a moron. Think beyond that. Doesn't mean you can't disagree with me. Just come up with a better argument than that. I think this sends a terrible message. And it strikes me as the sort of reactionary move that Trump has been known for his entire life. And he's pissed that he, that he can't, for whatever reason, get his Pentagon to pull out of Afghanistan or a place that really matters. So let me just do this because it's something I can do. And it's not really thought out and thought through. That's why this is the most predictable thing I've ever seen. You guys disagree with me. Tell me I'm wrong on this. You're not wrong. I'm just entirely predictable. That I mean, this is a guy who's he, he's got a Kim Jong Un fetish for God's sakes. You know, probably learned who the Kurds were yesterday. I, I want to reiterate something that you mentioned in, in passing. I think the crux of your frustration here, just to to kind of boil all of this down, the crux of your um, frustration isn't that we're abandoning the Kurds. The crux of your frustration is that we're abandoning somebody who purportedly was our ally during a very dangerous fight while still remaining in Afghanistan. We're in the land of the lost. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yes, Yes. land of the lost. If you remember that, well, you weren't alive for that show either. But if you remember that show when we were kids, that's what freaking Afghanistan has been for centuries. It is the land of the lost. That's what it is. So we're still standing, we are literally standing post in Afghanistan over IEDs. That's literally what we're doing. Just standing around waiting for IEDs to blow up. For no reasons. And yet this is, this is now where we're going to make our stand, is we're going to abandon people who have fought next to us for decades in various countries, in various factions and sectarian interests. It shows we don't, there's no plan. We're just, it doesn't, it sends all the wrong messages, all the wrong messages. You want to just say, hey, we beat ISIS where every American troop is out of Syria. You guys now have to figure out your sectarian interests that you've been, that you've been dealing with long before there was the United States. I still wouldn't necessarily be in favor of doing that to the Kurds, but at least it would be a consistent message. And I would not have spent the last 10 minutes talking about it probably. But Turkey ought to be ejected from NATO, not not handed annexation ground in foreign countries, folks. I'm still where, where, where's the tough guy? Where's the badass? I, I was promised a badass. Was I not? Instead, I've got, well, you know, the, the, the Chinese, you know, the, you know, after I meet have young with great guy, you know, great guy. You know, I mean, just tremendous, you know? I mean, I'm, he's still sending love letters over to Kim Jong-un while he's literally firing projectiles at Tokyo. This, show me my badass. Tell me where he is. Can you show me where he is, please? Foreign or domestic, he's not there. This whole presidency is the Russian roulette table in the deer hunter. And you feel so good about yourself when you pull that trigger 
and your brains aren't on the wall and you're still alive that you you know Trump is the best. You and know you, you're you, that's exactly right because here's the thing because you know in the next hut over they're not playing Russian roulette. They have a fully loaded gun pointed at your head. Yeah. So no matter what trigger gets pulled, a bullet is in your temple. Yeah. And that that's exactly where, that so, is such a perfect so, analogy of where we're at. So my, my roommate right now, he was active duty in the Army uh, right out of high school. He did one tour in Afghanistan. And every, every time I've, I've talked to him about what he was doing over there, what their mission was, and I don't know. I don't know. I kid you not, three days ago... <laughs> I, I kid you not. Three days ago, he got. He's now in the uh, in the National Guard. He got word that he's going to go back to Afghanistan in 2021. Oh my gosh! Things go through with this. I asked him what for. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, w- what does that tell you? We're gonna we're 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 gonna do the time warp over there in Afghanistan again, but we're gonna abandon the people who fought next to us for three decades. I'll spare you the, if Obama did this, what would you all be saying? We all know the answer. Hey, if you are struggling to meet your weight loss goals in the past, it maybe was because uh, you just couldn't. Uh, you couldn't stay active, couldn't keep up with the exercise, the activity level, but now you've got that going and you're still not hitting uh, some of the benchmarks you were hoping for. Uh, Did you know your body was created? And that's a key term, all right? It was created to crave and conserve calories. And one of the reasons why is it's only been a recent development in human history that food is readily available to the masses until maybe the mid to late 19th century. That wasn't true anywhere on planet earth for eons, except among the 1%. All right, which means the other 99% of folks didn't have that. And, and, and so what do you do now when food is readily available to a lot more of us? And now you're trying to cut back. Well, the good thing is there's a signal that goes from your belly to your brain. It's a molecule known as OEA that lets your brain know when you're full. And that's how you're supposed to be able to internally regulate your portion sizes and your cravings. But, you know, it's a little bit like when you first started working out again after ignoring it for so long, that, that muscle memory is gone. And you gotta, it, it's really hard to start from square one. Same thing goes here when it comes to that OEA. If you just ran over that speed bump for so many years, it, it just kind of levels off, right? And that's where Riduzone comes in. All it is is OEA. It boosts OEA by putting more OEA back in the body. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan-friendly, gluten-free. Uh, it's not loaded with uh, additives, chemicals, conservatives, preservatives, uh, no caffeine. It's not any kind of stimulant. It's just that OEA. If you want to find out if this is kind of the missing link and you hitting your weight loss goals. Give it a shot. It takes about 90 days uh, for a lifestyle change to really get etched into the hard you know, wiring of the human uh, psyche. That's why we're offering you this deal right now. Three months, that's 90 days. 30% off a three-month supply of at riduzone.com when you use my name, Steve, as the promo code. All right, 30% off a three-month supply at riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader is here with us. Good to see you, brother. How are you doing? Good to be back. Good to be here. All right. I want to show you some video. All right, Aaron, you have it ready? We're good to go. All right. This is, you know, we've had a ton of these drag queen story time hour videos around the country. And this is one of the worst. Aaron, go ahead and play this. This is out in Washington State, correct? All right. 
So this is a drag queen at a public library in Washington State uh, stripping and essentially doing a moderate form of a strip tease for kids at the public school or the public library story time hour. All right. So we've had we've covered these occurring like in wasn't Wichita or Topeka, Kansas, one of them, right? Wichita. Wichita. Okay. So this is happening all over the country. So when, not if, this happens in downtown Des Moines, what does the family leader do? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, matter of fact, there's several of our peers from across the country who have encountered this, where drag, team, drag queen story time hour is a big thing. And they basically have intervened by, first of all, just putting all parents on alert and trying to create a public outcry to the, it's usually the library, right? Is where they mm -hmm. host these things. Mm -hmm. Put a public outcry to the library and the library board about what are you doing and what are you thinking? Now, the good news is several of these states have been successful where they've canceled the story time hour. But to me, that, that's a, just a, a glimpse of a reprieve because when I watch that and I think the next time you ask yourself what's going on in society, what's going on with this culture, what's going on with this world, and you're exposing your kids to that, why even ask the question if this is what we're going to be doing to the kids? And to have parents bringing your kids like this is something we should be doing. Uh, this, I mean, that is, in my opinion, what I just saw in that video and what this conversation I'm sure is going to lead to, this is Romans 1 being played out in front of your very eyes. And the parents are leading their children to do this. So the reason I wanted to ask you about this, <coughs> yeah, it's okay. The reason I wanted to ask you about this is we've gotten a lot of emails and questions about this the last few weeks. Um, particularly one that we even talked about on the air during Theology Thursday recently. Uh, a gentleman said, I think he was in St. Louis, where his church has a cultural engagement ministry, and they were uh, discussing amongst them uh, confronting this in some way, and how to do so, and whether or not to do so. Is, is this something you guys have discussed internally here amongst uh, your ministry and organization? Well, I think part of our ministry is always standing in the gap when you see evil take place. And I don't know what everybody else would say in your audience about that, but to me, that's just plain evil. Uh, remember what Jesus said, to lead one of these young ones astray, be better to put a millstone around your neck and throw into the deepest part of the sea. I can't believe taking your child or your grandchild to something like this and not to expect any accountability. So you bet anytime we see something that's against the family or against children, we should stand in the gap on it. What what would you do then? And what would you recommend other people that are watching us and listening to this around the country? What would you recommend that they do? Well, I think the first thing you do is you call attention to it. And I mean, the one thing is that um, where, where it says in the scripture, you know, the blood's on your hand because you didn't say anything. This like is a about deal the watchman where... on the wall. <coughs> Ezekiel is what you're talking about. Exactly. Okay. So to me, call attention to it, point it out, and be a voice of reason to a culture that definitely needs a voice of reason. All right, why don't you take care of your voice over there for just a second? Okay, all right. So, Todd, you go. What do you? What, what, which? What would you want an organization like the Family Leader to do? Um, because there's there's organizations of similar bent 
if not necessarily approach or success or lack thereof or even more so, who knows? But there's there's organizations of similar bent. And you can see this that Bob is clearly worked up about this particular issue. All right. <laughs> what would you what would you want an organization like Bob's to do? If they uh, called you in and said, Hey, what do you think we ought to do about this? What would you tell them? Well, I'm on the record as being full uh, Charles James Napier on this thing. He's a uh, 18th, uh, 7th, uh, 18th century uh, British uh, sea captain who uh, was there in uh, India. And uh, there was a tradition back then, Steve, uh, that when a uh, man of a certain means died, the ceremony was to uh, burn his widow as part of uh, moving on with life. And he said, well, by all means, uh, you follow your tradition and we'll follow mine because when we find such a man, we hang them. Uh, that it's, it's time for people to end up in city councils, ask people why is nobody being arrested for laws on the books for lewd and lascivious behavior. Any, we don't need new laws. I mean, uh, this is the border. Contributing to delinquencies we, of minors. Yeah, we do not yeah. need new laws. Yeah. Why aren't you arresting them? And why hasn't the sheriff by now said, this is my job. It, just put them on record uh, because this is not th- – th- th- we have to have conversations about, you know, wh- what should the church do because there's just people over here that sh- th- who aren't doing their damn jobs. How can we count on the judgment of uh, mayors uh, and uh, ch- sheriffs uh, if they don't r- recognize this as a crime that they need to get on top of? It this is so not complicated to me that the f- the fact that we have to sit and wonder you know what what the churches are supposed to be doing. Uh, listen, a church should never sit there and uh, silently and simply wait for action uh, to happen. But listen, they should be going to city council meetings on a regular basis and saying, "Why on earth are you assisting in the delinquency uh, of the least among us?" There's no answer short of cowardice. So you had a chance to listen to that? Are you good I, to go? I, I'm really I, good dude, to go. Dude, I have been there before and in the middle of a live show. It's one of the worst feelings you know in what the world, is? so I feel you're, for you're you. You're like, why aren't we on radio right now where I can hit a cough yes, button yeah. and go do that? But we're not. So you heard what Todd had to say. So what's your, what's your reaction to that? Well, first of all, I think it goes back to uh, it's parental responsibility. I think we can point fingers at everybody else, but it's still parental responsibility. You're going to allow your kids to go see this, and you're going to hide. Be as, as society, we're going to hide behind free speech or whatever else they might hide behind to say that this is tolerable. This is absolutely just nuts. And I think you're right, Todd. We need to call it out for what it is, and and start and start acting on it. But I think you need to hold these local officials. A lot of these library boards are appointed or elected. Hold them accountable. Make for them put- say out loud why they aren't acting exactly. on the record. What, ha- what would happen if we had one of these here in Des Moines and you guys went downtown sure, and called the police and said, I am witnessing right now an adult engaged in lewd behavior. And that's all you said. Engaged in lewd behavior with a group of children. And here's the address. What happens next? I think, first of all, I, I would hope that the, excuse me. I would hope that the cops would come down to to the library, and they would check it out. My fear is that nothing's going to happen, though. They're they're going they're not, they're now going to hide behind the veil of free speech. You do that in your home, you will get arrested right. for doing that. Right. You do it at the public library, all of a sudden it's all okay. 
to me, that's where this thing is so going then, completely nuts. Don't you? How many Americans do you think would agree with that? Regardless of how how many, let me make it even more more micro. How many people in Iowa that voted for Hillary Clinton do you think really want to take their kids to drag queen story time out? I don't think there's very many at all. Okay, I think it's just uh, a way I, of just I, pushing the envelope. I, of how, I, far, how far can we go? I agree with you. Okay. There, there might be more parent. There might be all kinds of parents in Seattle, and New York, and L.A. that think that's cool. But in, in in places like Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, those are the three states we've talked about, right? Wichita, St. Louis, and Des Moines. How many people that voted for Hillary Clinton in places like that really want their kids to go to drag queen story time hour? I, I don't think there's. So a, don't you think it would be a useful exercise then to do this, and to roll camera, and let people see the police respond to a report, and then of lewd behavior but in front of children and then nothing happens and either way actually if they do something it's constructive for people to see that right that then it is now an example has been set okay you bet and then it then don't you think it's a useful example if people don't see that either way well i think i think it's a great exercise to to put drews on our director of communications glenn cornell uh our director of media productions down at the library, call the police, let them see this, get yep. it all on tape. Don't say the words drag queen story time hour and yeah. just simply say, we are witnessing an adult engaged in lewd behavior with children. And just give the address and see what happens. Because I'm telling you right now, if I did that, now my kids are older, but if I did that in my living room in front of my kids, my kids would probably be getting removed from my home. Mm-hmm. But we're letting kids in a public space get exposed to this type of thing. So I think, but Steve, I even think California, New York, all these other places, I really don't believe this, there's that many parents who want to see that either. I think what this is, this is a culture that is pushing the envelope so far to see how far will you let us go. It's kind of like, we'll just, we'll just erase all parameters, but now we're going for the kids. And are you really still going to show up to support this stuff in the name of tolerance or being as woke as anybody else? So eventually then... When you have people pushing the envelope, the adults who know better should push back. Should push back and draw a boundary and say, "This you you can't go here." Correct. Cross the line. All right. And do we not have public institutions whose charge is to is to be the enforcers of those boundaries? Right. Sure. And one of them would be what the police. So then, I I think someone the next time this happens, someone needs to call the police and report lewd acts with a minor. Let me and give just you, see what happens. Let me give you another one, because I think it's a really good idea about calling police and showing what's happening. How about a parent bring their son or daughter who disagrees with this to a public library? And while they're in the public library, this thing takes place. And then sue that public library. Yeah. And, and let's put it to court. You're really going to allow this to go on in a public space? I have my kid down here in a whole other section of the library on a Saturday morning doing a research project. And and this is what they encounter on a Saturday morning? Uh, is lewd and lascivious acts with minors? And part of being a kid is no no different than being an adult. You're inquisitive. What's going on over there? What's taking place? What what's all the What's all the noise about? What's the cheering about? And then you see that? Uh, I would definitely take issue with that. Todd, what do you think? You well, like this tactic or not? But I, anything that basically goes the same route as the Babylon Bee. You can't. The, 
You can't just kind of let the, well, there's a process that's working. There's no process that's working out right now at I, other than the culture being totally uh, bulldozed, just like it is on every other issue. And now it's with a laugh track. They are mocking us. Mm-hmm. And it is the most cowardly. They are bullies in drag now. The fact that this culture is bullied by the likes of this is an indictment of every father who lives in such a community. So it is time for the Babylon Bee writ large. You need to put a spotlight on this. You need to mock it back in return. You need to say over my dead body. Uh, so listen, try something. Do something. Do anything other than sitting there and saying, well, it's it's really not an option. You not taking your own kids there while this is going on in your own backyard. Do nothing think it's going to end up in your own backyard eventually they're promising you that with this Aaron, so, so go ahead Todd. so so how's gay marriage going to impact you yeah. bob in 2009 2010 mm-hmm. that's what they asked us remember that yeah. how's gay marriage going to impact you oh pretty soon we're gonna have drag queen story time hour of a library essentially all the stuff we said was going to happen we opened this pandora's box is exactly what we're gonna have boys go into girls right. locker rooms and say i feel like a girl today you well, get this this would never happen you're going to have boys become girls to beat Todd's daughter in a cross-country meet? We're going to go, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Oh, I still We've remember. lost our mind. If, we, st- if we don't address these type of, we've lost our mind. I still remember you on camera with Reka Basu talking about this She's very thing. She's a former yes, Des Moines yes. Register. Yep. You, you have a Reka Basu in every yes. town, city in America. She's the local cultural Marxist columnist, uh, super woke columnist at the newspaper. And at the time, she poo-pooed your suggestion uh, uh, of where does this go next? Is, oh, we're not talking about that. It's absurd. We, you know, all along, yep. this was the plan. I you used to do those the foundations. When, when they would actually still come on and debate people like me, I used to put them on my show and tell them, you're really arguing, if you're arguing for redefining marriage and sexuality, your real argument is really that gender doesn't exist, that it's not it's not natural oh, for, for men to be attracted to women and women yep. to be attracted to men. That's really the argument you're making. Sure it is. So just own that argument. That Oh, that's crazy talk. Well, that's that's the exact argument that we're now having right so now. So Justice Sotomayor in the Obergefell case, she asked the key question. She came to the wrong conclusion, but she asked the key question. If you take away these parameters on marriage, where does it end? And the fact is, what we're seeing is that where does it end? It doesn't end. It doesn't end. That's the, There's they, no they, place that it ends. When you erase the foundations, the reason you have guide rails and fence posts and everything else, it's to protect you. Yep. Uh, so what we're seeing is just an unraveling. Uh, because of all of this. Aaron, we got about two minutes. You want to add something to this? Bob um, actually um, is begging the exact right question, and he brought it up a couple times. If this happened in your home, what would be going on? And I think his answer is correct. I would. I, I was thinking in a different context. Let's say that this, I don't know, happens at a local religious institution, like maybe a parish or something like that. Do you think maybe the Boston Globe would get a film dedicated to it? to its investigative journalism digging into something like this. And no, I'm not practicing whataboutism here, but Mm -hmm. these are the exact same questions. This Mm -hmm. is the hypocrisy. This is the devilish disconnect that we are up against right now. And I would actually- If a Catholic priest stands like that in front of those, in front of altar boys, they'd all be arrested and they all should be, by the way. Yes. And so I don't know, maybe the next time at the Des Moines Public Library that we're going to have a drag queen story hour, if it hasn't happened yet, maybe we should just see what happens when we call the police. Maybe we should do that. Todd, you get the, I'm sorry, Bobby, you get the last word. Well, I think, I, yeah, this is happening in, every, in a lot of people's communities. So to think that's not going to come to Des Moines, it is. But I do believe we should be able to rise up, push back, even those those that those aren't our children, we should be in a position to help protect those children. So I think we need to be a voice of reason. So we've had this conversation about how to respond tactically. 
here's something that we that all four of us agree should be tried. And you can try this in your town, wherever you live. This goes down in your hometown. Call the cops. Report lewd, lascivious acts with a minor. Give the address of where it occurred. And just see what happens. Don't, don't offer, you know, don't, don't get into a back and forth. You know, if, if they won't respond to lewd and lascivious acts with a minor, there's no point in putting any further qualifier on it. If, if that's not in the era of human trafficking and, uh, and everything else that we're hyper, rightly hypersensitive about right mm-hmm. now, if those buzzwords do not get some kind of a reaction, having a, some further co- conversation about it on the phone won't change anything. You just want to report. You're, what, you're watching an adult and, don't, and stick to your talking points. I'm watching an adult commit lewd and lascivious acts with a minor right now. Just call the police and see what happens. Bob, good to see you. What could go wrong? Thanks, Steve. You got it. All right, we're going to take a deep dive on this Ukraine story, which is the fake rationale we're being given for impeachment 2.0. Next. Stay tuned. We're back with Hour 2 here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here as well. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from, the more of those we get, the more likely we are to find more people like you and the more likely we are to get to continue to do this for you, the people. So thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews already. Thank you very much. Please keep them coming, though. If you don't like the show, we would never ask you to lie for for us. But if you just kind of like it, we would ask you to embellish all the more uh, and just go ahead and give us five stars. Thank you. Thank you to all of you that have done that already as well. All right. 888-900-3393 is the number here to Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. We may have some time to get your thoughts on this. If you've been looking at some of the stuff that um, Glenn Beck here at Blaze TV Radio and Podcast has been putting out about the Ukraine story, uh, we, may, we may have some time later in this hour to get your thoughts on it. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. So I want to reiterate what I said at the top of the program. The real reason you're going to have an impeachment is Bob Mueller. The Mueller report didn't deliver what they wanted. And now we're sitting here with a record amount of Americans in the workforce. When under Obama, we had a record amount of Americans out of the workforce. We are sitting here with a substantial reduction in the amount of people on food stamps. When under Obama, we had more people on food stamps than the total population of Spain and several other industrialized nations. And we're sitting here right now with record low Hispanic unemployment. And we have maintained record lows of black unemployment. Those are the real reasons we are going to have an impeachment. Whether or not Trump had anything yeah, to do with right. the things you that's, said. That's right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's happened on his watch, and that's the way it works, right? If, if, these, if these numbers had been terrible, he'd be getting all the blame, right? Correct. Okay. So, and, and whether or not he's, he's, he is innocent or guilty of whatever he's being accused of in Ukraine. Correct. Okay? Because if he, even if he's guilty of what, we're, of what he's being accused of in Ukraine— that essentially he's guilty of, of, of using his office against his political opponents, which is run of the mill partisan machineerings uh, or machinations in this day and age. Okay. No, the real reason we're do- there's the real reason and there's the right reason. I've always told you in politics. Okay. The right reason is uh, Ukra- Ukrainian collusion. 
But the real reason is that too many people are working right now and making a living. That's, that's the real reason. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. That's why we're doing this, okay? Nevertheless, the false flag that is being run up the Maypole right now uh, is Trump's dealings with Ukraine. So a couple of nights ago here on Blaze TV, now this whole thing is 52 minutes long. And we're going to give you a taste of it. We're not, we're not going to do 52 minutes, obviously. But we're going to take an eight-minute segment that our network is sharing on all of our social right now. That is kind of a highlight, you know, uh, the, 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 the meat on the menu, the main course of, of the, some of the deep dives that, uh, that Glenn Beck has done on U.S.-Ukrainian relations and dealings going back pre-Trump and then during this time period, all right? And I want to play this clip that we are sharing as a highlight on all of our social right now. And it is eight minutes. We're going to play this here on our show. And then the three of us, after watching it together, we're going to react to this, okay? Here it is. So here's where the rubber meets the road. 2014 in February... The protesters seize Kyiv as the president flees. The president of Ukraine is taken out by the people of Ukraine. This is the first critical date. It gives people the opportunity to save the day. Now, if you remember all of the Halliburton stuff that we heard under Bush... When a country is destabilized and goes to hell in a handbasket, it is a chance for people to do all kinds of things, especially if they partner with the new people. So we made partner of the new president. Now, Halliburton, Halliburton, Halliburton. Remember that? Left cared about that. Halliburton, Halliburton, Halliburton. The media was all over George W. Bush. Corruption, corruption, corruption. Why? Have you not heard anything about what I'm going to show you? So in February 2014, this becomes the new president. Total upheaval. Uh, They have no money. They're completely broke. And here comes the United States of America in March of that year. President Obama says, we're from the United States government and we're here to help. So he decides, you know who you need? You know who you can need, because you're very corrupt. This is a very corrupt place, and it is. And we're going to help you, and we got lots of money. We can print it, whatever we want. So we got lots of money, but we've done this before, and we did it with TARP, and we spent all kinds of money, but we wanted to make sure that all of that reinvestment in America was clean, no corruption, and so we put Joe Biden in charge. So Joe is going to be the new point man in Ukraine. Okay, so then Joe, in March of that year, a month later, he has a quick little meeting because his son just started a new business. I love this. He started a new business and he was going to be an investment banker, right? Investment guy. And they were going to do do all this investment funds and it was going to be fantastic. He has no experience in that. He partners with John Kerry's uh, son and uh, this guy, Devon Archer. This guy is John Kerry's, what was he, is his financial guy. 
I spent 30 minutes at a chalkboard just talking about this scandal. You can find it at YouTube. You can find it at blazetv.com. It is uh, Joe Biden's scandal in Ukraine, okay? So he meets with Devon Archer. I'm going to give you this real quick. He meets with Devon Archer. Nothing to do with Ukraine. And then in April, he flies to Ukraine. And guess what? So does he. And in May of that year, he is made a board member of a gas company called Burisma. And guess who else is made on the board member? Hunter Biden. It is nice. It is cute. And nothing to see here, folks. Like I said, you can get more uh, on that story. But this is pretty much the Biden story. It happens all here. You'll see it a little bit on the timeline, but it's very small. Here's where it gets good. Because this poor country is so corrupt, Barack Obama says, guys, we want to give you some money. We want to give you some money. But I got to tell you, we're going to have to watch over it. Now, let me show you how much money we're talking about. Riding in on the white horse to save the day with all kinds of USA aid to Ukraine, it included a billion-dollar sovereign loan guarantee, $320 million in general assistance, $118 million in equipment training for their security forces, $20 million for new law enforcement reform, and a fleet of advisors in banking and politics and energy and media and human rights. So they do that in, in May. You give them all kinds of money. And then, because they're so corrupt, we mandate to this corrupt country that they start a national Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, because we can't trust the guys in the masks. A National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine. It's fantastic. And you know who their partner is? Us, of course. (laughs) We're not corrupt at all. So the guy who was uh, tapped to be the first director of the bureau is this guy, Artem, how do you say his name? Sitnik. Okay, he's the first director. And what's great is because he is now in charge of anti-corruption, he now has a direct line to the administration to talk about anything, anything the Ukrainians might dig up, okay? Now, we get here. We get now to this place where we are dumping all of that aid in, but we're watching over it because we're responsible. And we were becoming a giant piggy bank. But we made some mistakes early on. Well, first, do you remember, do you remember Burisma? Burisma was uh, run by this guy. This guy is so corrupt that he couldn't come to the United States. He was never to be granted a visa to come to the United States because he's an oligarch. He not only runs Burisma, but he also has a bank. Whoa, so this guy gets the money for Burisma, $1.8 billion. It's put into his bank. I mean, who wouldn't put $1.8 billion in an oligarch corrupt guy 
who can't come into the United States, he's so corrupt, who wouldn't put it in that, right? Oopsie. It's like Monopoly. Bank made a banking error. Lost $1.8 billion. Where did it go? Well, he certainly didn't have anything to do with it because somehow or another, he at the same time is given a visa to come to the United States. He's not a bad guy anymore. Woo! Wow. Take a moment just to look at that for a second. Okay. Now, June of 2015, coming down the, the escalator at Trump Tower is Donald Trump. And he's like, make America great again. Got it? This is a big day, June 15th. By late 2015, we are the Ukrainian piggy bank. We are giving them all kinds of money, but we're also helping them with advisors. Oh, yes, we are. We are helping them with Greg Craig, the former Obama White House counsel. We have Tad Devine, chief strategist for Bernie Sanders, and Tony Podesta, brother to John Podesta. We also have Mark Penn, the chief strategist for Hillary Clinton. John Alazone, Obama campaign pollster. Another guy, John, the Obama campaign lead pollster. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. When you need help, buddy, all you have to do is phone a friend because all of these people are now working in Ukraine for you. You are our man. I cannot stress enough that the climate in Ukraine is all corrupt at this point. This is the climate that the Russia investigation begins in. Not the official investigation led by Robert Mueller. No, no, no. The unofficial investigation launched by none other than the DNC. So that's just eight out of 51 minutes that Glenn did on this a few days ago here on Blaze TV. I'm going to give you guys a couple seconds to collect your thoughts. All right. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of pledging mortgage rates and a booming economy, uh, it's a great time, especially with winter coming. You might find some great deals out there. You also might find uh, a hot buyer out there if you're on the selling end. But whichever end you're on, make sure you don't go in without a real estate agent that you can trust, someone who's been nationally vetted with a, to, to be proven to have a, a real track record of success, to know what marketing plan means other than open houses no one ever attends and understands professional courtesies like heads ups and return phone calls. All right, don't take it for granted. Uh, there, there, there's, and there's other referral services out there that are more about finding clients for agents. What sets this one apart is it's really about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. Okay. So real estate agents, I trust.com. That's the website you want to go to before you go all in. All right. Real estate agents, I trust.com. So I'll start and then I'll let you guys go after. Um, here's why I wanted to play that clip. Because what it's what it said to me, and I started watching it when we shared it on social a few nights ago here at the Blaze, and that's when I and I stopped about two minutes in and decided, you know, no, we're going to do this on the show and watch it all together. Because looking at what Glenn is laying out there, at the very least, 
this is this this has more collateral damage potential. In, in, in fact, I'm going to grant the point because I think it actually makes the one I'm trying to make stronger. Even let me grant the point for now that Donald Trump is guilty of everything with his dealings with Ukraine. That's it's his own personal teapot dome. Okay, let me grant that for a moment. What what Glenn is laying out there is this is a long, tangled web that has tentacles that reach far longer and far beyond Donald Trump, including major operators and figures within the other party that wants to launch this impeachment. And I think what Glenn is also laying out there, gentlemen, is, is this takes us beyond, you got it. We've been saying all along, they're gonna, if they want to do this, they have to be willing to throw Joe Biden overboard. And, and my guess is that they're willing to do so. But we're, we're, you can see there that the Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are not the masterminds of this relationship. They're the grifters trying to, Hunter's a grifter trying to take advantage of it. That the, the tentacles of this, that um, the foundation for this relationship are far-reaching, heavy hit political hitters. And Hunter Biden's just a guy who won the Lucky Sperm Club. And he gets to go in there and, you know, pretend to be some kind of investment uh, guru that he's not because his last name is Biden. He won the Lucky Sperm Club. So he gets to go in there and essentially clean up. But the foundation is being laid at the highest levels here. And... I think watching that, and I wonder if this is why we haven't had a vote yet. You know, they're, they're, they've done everything to open an impeachment inquiry other than have a vote to open one. I wonder if they're really, if, if they're doing the math over there and asking themselves, is the collateral damage worth this? Or can we try to weaken Trump as a president and as a candidate without a formal impeachment inquiry? Because I, I you know, it, it was a year ago at this time we were watching the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. And the Republican Party attempt to, to defend him was abysmal. In fact, remember, we were doing the show live when that was going on. Mm-hmm. And when we only heard Christy Blasey Ford's testimony and their attempt to cross-examine her, we thought he was done, Right. I mean, all three of us thought there's no way this guy is sitting on the Supreme Court. The Republicans did a dreadful job of cross-examining that woman. And because they did, that's why uh, Lindsey Graham was made a folk hero. Yes. Because he stepped up and actually did something. And then, and, then, and, and, and then you looked at Brett Kavanaugh, who a week before in an interview, this is really hurtful. We all thought there's no way this dude has the stones to do what must be done here, right? Well, then he went out there finally realizing that the Republicans had no balls to save him. And that he was going to have to, you know, uh, man up, for lack of a better description, and did what nobody thought he was capable of doing, which was turning the money changers over inside that hearing. And he did it. And it, and it, and it saved his reputation and his seat on the Supreme Court, right? Donald Trump is not going to pussyfoot his way into this. There, there is not going to be a juncture where we're going to be like, you know, I really expected him to defend himself a little bit more. You know, aggressively. He's going to begin at the stuff that Beck... I mean, Beck's, I mean, Trump's campaign manager is sharing these Beck videos on social media 
What's that guy's name? Brad Parscale or something is his name? Parscale, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Trump's national campaign manager is sharing these videos on social right now. So if you are the Democrats, you need to be made aware of the fact that, that Donald Trump is going to go in there with the attitude of, if I'm going down, I'm taking the whole lot of you with me. So I'm either innocent or this is going to be a lot emptier chamber here by the time we're done. And I, I wondered, I wonder after watching that, if, if they truly understand the nexus that they are about to open and, and unlock by going down this road, if they really understand it. And it's much bigger than Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were working together for, you know, Joe was cutting his son a little something, something on the side, you know, uh, we're way, what Glenn is laying out in that clip, we're way beyond that. Way beyond that. That was my initial takeaway. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Well, this only reinforces the opinion that I already had, that the impeachment of Trump is the equivalent of uh, Susan Rice on all the news shows uh, post-Benghazi and the, the, the video that caused it all. Uh, that was obviously a joke, and regardless of what you think about Trump and, and his uh, merits as a president in general, as it applies to this again, and after Kavanaugh, after Russian collusion, this is the same thing. This, this is a scam. This is a nothing burger. There's no there, there. I won't even con- concede, uh, you know, teapot dome or anything like that. This is... This is a party that has gotten so used to just doing the things that it does because it knows a press won't look into it. And the boomerang continues to refreshingly come back on it. And I hope it uh, does again. Again, this is propaganda. This whole impeachment thing is utter propaganda. If you haven't seen the movie The Big Short... It's it. It was nominated for an Oscar, I believe, three four years ago. Is about the burst of the housing bubble, but it it applies to that specifically. But it applies to this and most of politics in general. There is a fantastic scene where Steve Carell's character is just being explained to and asking the right questions finally, and it, it's mesmerizing in terms of how you just connect the dots and all that. When he's when Glenn Beck is putting all those face shots of all the people, it, it's just. This is a clown car, and it keeps happening over and over and over to all of us because we allow the so-called experts, media, the politicians, to govern our lives for us. This is going to keep happening in yet another issue. And the press is is far more on the hook than anybody named Donald Trump or anybody else on this because, because yeah, we talk about how we, we do uh, fake news or not differently uh, or not, but here we got to put this squarely uh, on the press who's constantly allowing an entire side of the political equation to never be checked and balanced. And so it ends up in this this ridiculous game of mousetrap where here we got all these pieces now that end up with the, this, the trap coming down on Donald Trump. That's a joke. He's guilty of a lot of things, but he's not guilty of this. Once again, we are watching the 2016 election replayed all over again where they try, they, they just got to get him. They wanted him there because they had to get him. They want him here now because they just got to get him. They, they need Elizabeth Warren as a woman to go, to go get him. Uh, the obsession needs to stop because our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor ultimately depend on it. When you look at that, and, and, and you inspired me to come to, the, to, to this thought when you just said, 
when you look at that, see, near as I can tell, really the only defense, substantive defense that Donald Trump could could articulate is one that has no all forget forget even political motivations you know like i'm like i mentioned a couple of minutes ago hey if i'm going down i'm taking you all with me let's just say in terms of making a substantive defense of his actions it seems like the only substantive defense he could actually give anyway would be to say hey the re here's the full the full context we had of these conversations is that there has been known corruption going on within that government and and ties to u.s interests before I, I inherited this as president. Yeah. Meaning he would have no alternative. This is the basis for his defense, right? Because you got to offer up an alternative explanation for why, you, for why you're digging for um, corruption against a, a guy who the polls say is your most likely political rival in the next election, right? Correct. Okay, you got you to have some other alternative explanation. What's the only real other alternative explanation? What, what Glenn is, and that's only eight minutes of an hour, okay? That, that's just a taste of it. You're a Blaze TV. And I, I know we have it up now on YouTube. Do you guys know the whole 51 minutes we put it on YouTube? Or is that still just for Blaze TV for, for sure, subscribers? I, I know that we've okay? been uh, promoting that quite a bit. Because if you're all, you, if you want to, you got a fashion alternative, and, and you know this, you've been, you've been a criminal defendant. You know this. Mm-hmm. You have to have an alternative explanation for the chain of events that you're being accused of, right? You got to show... Two plus two equals four, but you have the twos in the wrong order. It's this two versus plus two equals four. What's the alternative chain of events? And the alternative to this, the alternative to, to this narrative is, you know, I inherited a corrupt Ukrainian government, and um, you guys handed this off to me, and so we've had these sorts of phone calls about cleaning up corruption in their country all along. And where did this where did this corruption begin? Well, it began with. These all these Democratic uh, interests during the Obama administration and Hunter Biden was just the grifter going in there, taking advantage of it, trying to financially clean. Right. This would be the basis of his defense. Yeah. Is what Glenn is laying out. And I and so that is that is now and, you know, Ukrainian corruption is not a Jeffrey Epstein moral equivalency. But that is a situation. But the, the it's not morally equivalent, but it's situationally equivalent. Meaning, are you really sure that this is the box you want to open. Are you sure? Have you I, counted the I, collateral damage of opening this box? Are you, have you really thought through, okay, you've thrown Joe Biden overboard, but have you really thought through everything else that will come out if we go down this road? That's the question, the, the real question that I was asking myself after watching that snippet from Glenn Beck is who, who really is running the Democratic Party? Who is running the DNC? Is it the parents taking their kids to Drag Queen Story Hour, or is it the pre-Senate Kamala Harris, I will cut you political animal that's running the Democratic Party? The reason why I say that is if it is the latter, if it is the shameless ambition um, that, you know, political animal that's running the Democratic Party, of course they've thought this through, and of course they've made their amends for whatever reason with the collateral damage. If it is the person that's taking their kids to Drag Queen Story Hour and cheering on a stripping drag queen, then no, there's no chance they've done this math in their head whatsoever because they are driven by pure hatred of the other. Yeah, it's the so that's, and that's, that's what Todd is saying as mm-hmm. well. And so the result of that, I think, is going to, could potentially, knowing who Donald Trump is, could, the, the reverb on that could be astounding. So I don't, 
I, again, I, I'm thinking through this, and I'm trying to think if this is if this is a political, if this is purely a political animal, we are willing. This is uh, this is um, you know two plus two equals four here. We have done the math. What it's obvious that they're fi- say, fine with saying, yeah, we're going to draw attention to all of this in in an effort to remove that guy. I don't see, I don't see how. I don't see how that works out well for anybody. So I do think it's just pure hatred of the other that's driving all of this, which coincidentally is the same thing that drove the Kavanaugh mess that I, I would say. And so that's do, where you can throw so the Julie so, Swetniks so of the world this, out there. Yes. So yeah. is this you, you, the question that you've begged ever since this broke a couple of weeks ago? Is this is Skynet evolving? I don't know. After watching that, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I'm not this, so sure either. I think this or, is... Or, or Skynet is, has evolved but doesn't really even understand its own network. Like if I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm Donald Trump's impeachment counsel and if my alternative story is that I inherited a corrupt Ukrainian government and they were used to having these sorts of conversations with me all the time, tell me why you wouldn't subpoena Barack Obama to testify. No, I know. Right? Let's tell, go, tell, me, tell me why you wouldn't do that. This goes to the conversation we just had with Bob. You need put the spotlight in this. Make them finally answer questions that they've never felt they have to ask, which is why they can I know Glenn is really wonky, and he has that big chalkboard with all that stuff on it. That really wasn't that deep of a dive right there, Steve. That's only it eight really out of 50 minutes. wasn't. Right. But I don't think it even took the fifth. He likes doing that stuff, and thank God he does, which is why you put it on. Yep. That's really obvious stuff there that any reporter or series of reporters that wanted to legitimately keep tabs of the government no matter who was in session would have done a long time ago see i think there's a there's an element uh, the the hard left element of the democratic party who isn't involved in a lot of that kind of stuff you know the the people who produce the squadrons of the world or the squads of the world all right, the take over the faculty boards and give us drag queen story time hour mm-hmm. that maybe are about to learn that um, you're aligned with some folks that are the, the oldest form of political corrupt grifter corruption imaginable. And they like to give you folks winks and nods mm-hmm. at your hate Ashbury rallies. But in the end, they send their son named Hunter into the into the <laughs> developing country to cash in like any other corruptocrat would, despite all of the high minded. We're here for the American worker language. Yep. All right. We'll come back more in a moment. All right, back here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace, Todd Erz, and Aaron McIntyre. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain as a result of too much inflammation in the body, don't take any more drugs. Uh, give Relief Factor a shot. It's part of my daily regimen. I swear by this product. Two best things I like about it. Yeah, it works, but other things work too. I like the way this works. 100% drug-free, even though it's a formula created by physicians, which means medical professionals that can prescribe drugs understand the body is not a machine. Uh, it's a created organism, uh, and it, it has certain capabilities built within it. One of them is to push back on inflammation, and a lot of times we're prescribing drugs. We're just treating symptoms here. We're not promoting real healing within the body. That's what Relief Factor seeks to do. In fact, they believe in this product so much, they offer you what's called 
a starter kit. Okay. A dollar a day. That's it. Uh, it's the three week quick start, a dollar a day, 20 bucks for three weeks to see if this works for you. Because more often than not, it does, and people keep coming back for more. So call their bluff for a dollar a day. What do you have to lose for a buck a day? Except maybe, finally, hopefully, the pain. All right? Get the Quick Start Relief Factor Kit right now at relieffactor.com. Get the three-week quick start right now at relieffactor.com. All right, so just to reset here, for those of you that are just tuning in, we played uh, an eight-minute clip, and I did look. The entire two hours is available. It's actually two hours, all right? But I think the, the, the chalkboard presentation, I think I timed, was 51 or 52 minutes, all right? But the entire episode is actually available for free on YouTube right now. You can, you can look for it and watch it. And what Glenn is, is laying out is, is what I think is the only is, is the only plausible defense Trump would have, other, other than then all the allegations are false. But, but the the if you wanted to have a a, set, a, a a substantive defense, the substantive defense would be, the Ukrainian government is a known corrupt agent. I inherited the fact that it was a known corrupt agent because my predecessor predecessor put an anti corruption bureaucracy bat phone within the Ukrainian government because of all of its corruption. All right. So we had these sorts of conversations with Ukraine for years. In fact, here's the here's video of the vice president bragging uh, Mr. Biden when he was vice president that he had to have these conversations with Ukraine because of its corruption. Right. That that this would essentially be the substantive defense that in an impeachment trial, in a removal trial, that this would be the defense that President Trump would offer. Correct. Correct. This would be the alternative narrative yep. of, and, 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 you know, that, that shows yeah, the evidence doesn't say what you want it to say. It has, it says this narrative instead. And we all kind of knew about the, the Joe Hunter Biden, at least on a cursory level, we knew about that stuff, but this goes much deeper now. Now you're getting into the, into the real networks of the democratic party. And you start going beyond a Pandora's box to a Skinner's box, you know, that, reference do you ever get out of that and is the democratic party fully aware in total with what the cost of of going here may be and is it is it is it stuck now because it's it's media allies don't care they just want they want to get shorty and and nothing generates ratings at the same time like this kind of a drama right Mm -hmm. putting trump on trial and and are they at the point now where they they couldn't maybe even pull back even if they wanted to, even if they were a, aware of this, because um, the shots have been fired so to speak, and you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Now there has been some follow up to this, and Glenn has actually been tweeting all morning, and and these tweets have actually even gone on while we're still on the air. Right. But I want to share about the opening maybe third or half. Of this uh, of this tweet storm that that Glenn has been putting up as a follow up to this episode all morning long, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff, after two years of investigation of millions of dollars, wouldn't impeach Donald Trump, but a single whistleblower based off of hearsay was enough to change their minds. Why? Well, consider these facts. Democrats want you to only focus on the July 25th call. If you're doing that, then you're not looking at what Democrats have been doing in Ukraine for the past five plus years. That's what I was just saying. What you're about to see, this would be Donald Trump's defense, in my view. Okay, so we'll go back to that tweet. Corruption, greed, strong arming a foreign government and the manipulation of the U.S. election. 
In February 2014, the Ukrainian regime fell. Democrats were all over the place in Ukraine, although all the media was concerned about was Paul Manafort. But Democrats sent Obama's White House counsel, chief strategist for Hillary and Bernie, Tony Podesta, remember his name came up in the Mueller investigation, and Obama's pollsters. In March of 2014, Obama made Biden the point man for Ukraine. And in April of 2014, Devon Archer visited Biden at the White House. Five days later, Biden arrived in Kiev for his first meeting with the Ukrainian government. Biden's meeting in Ukraine was regarding a program to assist Ukraine's natural gas industry and also discussed the first billion dollars in U.S. assistance. The day after this, Archer was named to the board of Burisma. Three weeks later, Hunter Biden joined the same board. Obama rode in on his white horse to save the day, guaranteeing a billion-dollar sovereign loan, $320 million in general assistance, and a fleet of advisors and experts. The Obama administration became the Ukrainian piggy bank, and there's a video clip that uh, Glenn includes of a, of a White House meeting between the Ukrainian regime and, and President Obama at the time. In April of 2015, the Obama administration and the International Monetary Fund mandated Ukraine set up the National Anti-Corruption Bureau, and they signed an information-sharing agreement with the FBI. The Obama administration would know all the dirty laundry that Ukraine might dig up. A man named Artem Sintik was tapped to be the first director, a position that, by the way, he still holds today. In March of 2016, Biden forced the removal of Ukraine's general prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma. Biden claimed it had nothing to do with his son, but Shokin's sworn testimony in a European court completely contradicts this. This court document reveals that Biden never made a specific accusation or provided the proof that Shokin was corrupt. He swears on record, meaning Shokin, that he was forced out due to his investigation into Burisma. Read the court document here, and Glenn includes the link to the official court filing. We have one more, Aaron, we're going to do? That's correct. All right. The most damning statements are on page four, Glenn says, but on page five, Shokin also states that the Obama administration were, quote, telling the heads of the Ukraine law enforcement system how to investigate and whom to investigate. All right, so this is going on. We're into the 20s in tweets now that Glenn is putting up there that you can go to Glenn Beck's Twitter and follow along. Um, but this goes to what we were just discussing, gentlemen. What Glenn is laying out, especially now we make the pivot to that last tweet. Yep. You know, the, the notion of, of consistent communication between the White House and the Ukrainian government for the purposes of what? Investigating corruption. And Trump is going to say, what was the point of my communication with the Ukrainian government? Was to do what? Investigate corruption. So if you guys want to have a, an impeachment hearing in front of the whole world, nationally televised, if you want to have an impeachment hearing over my, uh, it, it, over my you know, um, attempts to engage Ukraine, over corruption between U.S. officials and Ukrainians, I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Because we're going to go back to the very beginning of what those of, of, of where those communications began and with whom. And it seems to me that this may get far more complicated than let me just throw the other old straight white male that I don't want to be my party's nominee anyway. Just let me throw him overboard in order to get to Donald Trump. We all agreed at the beginning they'd be willing to do that, mm-hmm. right, if it came to that. But now it sort of seems like we're 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 kind of uh we're we're past the point where the transaction is that simple what do you think todd 
Well, listen, I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that I, I have no plan. I, I haven't. My mind hasn't changed. I, I have no plans on voting uh, for Donald Trump. I, that, that could change, but he just did some Wizard of Oz tweet today uh, about only I can solve. I, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was the equivalent of, you know, Will Ferrell and Old School saying, we're going streaking. It's just ludicrous. But that being said, I, I'm, it's, it's not cause for throwing him out. This is Kavanaugh all over again. I mean, I'm forced to defend this guy. Uh, because listen, it, Nancy Pelosi for going through with this should be far in greater risk of being subject to criminal prosecution than Donald Trump for what he did vis a vis saying, "Hey, uh, Ukraine, uh, you want to uh, you know clean up your country a little bit?" Th- this is uh, malfeasance. It, 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 it's Nancy Pelosi is cle- she. Either she should be out of office being too dumb for connecting the dots that are here, or she knows all about this and she doesn't care. She's the real criminal in all this. Aaron, it seems to me that the the argument is, if it was for anybody not named Joe Biden, who was a current Democratic presidential candidate and the perceived frontrunner, then... Would we be having an argument that Trump has no business directly engaging the Ukrainian government about corruption interests between American and Ukrainian interests, given the precedent that's already been established that the Obama administration created this bureaucracy in the first place, right? Correct. So then the real argument is, if Joe Biden wasn't a presidential candidate— Sure, you could also argue the other way. Would, would Donald Trump care? Probably not. But, but if Joe Biden wasn't a presidential candidate, then it'd be perfectly fine to engage the Ukraine uh, government on investigating potential corruption involving him and his son. It, it, nobody would say that any differently, right? Yep. So then the argument then, then to its most logical conclusion becomes, because Joe Biden is a presidential candidate, he gets away with corruption? Is that, that's really the argument then? Because he's a presidential candidate, he's immune from from yeah. from corruption. That's the argument. And the, this is why the very first tweet from from Glenn in that tweet storm or tweet thread that we just featured, I think, is just as important as the last tweet that we that we featured, where it's it, where where Glenn says, "Why after now three years that you could have impeached Donald Trump? Why now? Mm-hmm. Now our friend Shannon Joy, who's with us on the Dace Group uh, on uh, Fridays occasionally, will say, "Well, this is just part of the show." And there's always that argument. I, I definitely hear that. This is just they needed something to do, and uh, this is the only thing. Well, then this right is a now. plot point they opened up without truly understanding the but, subplots that were going to inf- I, entail. I think I think it's really because of what Glenn also pointed out. They, I think, they really did think that they could just slip this one by because of how perfect maybe that one phone call on july 5th Mm -hmm. 25th was to their narrative and they thought they could slip this by without having all of the rest of the junk of the last five years being opened up and they're not you know fairness to them they're not without reason to think that they could slip with this by with all of the friends and help that they have in the media they're they're not uh, they're not crazy for thinking that they could do this. I just don't think they anticipated that people would follow up quite as quickly and forcefully as they have. And if Donald Trump is smart, then he'll continue with the line of attack for his narrative. Again, I'm just speaking politically here. I'm not taking uh, necessarily saying this is a, the morally correct side and uh, this person is vindicated. If he's smart, he'll follow up with the messaging that he had in that ad buy, that ten million dollar ad buy that he had about a week and a half ago. 
featuring that clip of Joe Biden saying the very thing mm-hmm. that it sounds like he's saying, which is we withheld money from Ukraine if they didn't remove this prosecutor uh, from this corruption uh, case. Uh, and, and lo and behold, they did. So that's the smart play here politically for Donald Trump's narrative. They side. think they can slip it by because they do, they all, do the all the time. time. We just got to talk. We're at DEFCON drag queen story hour here. Yeah. Steve, just think about the psychology of this. You, you talk every once in a while about your life outside of here and how in public you're you're careful about just the optics of things because you know how things can boomerang them mm-hmm. now they are the opposite right they don't have to worry about it. in fact they know they can get away with things all the time that's the psychology and operation here so they they they, they don't connect all that's all the way back even when they know about them because quite frankly that let's say they do get this has to be put down because it becomes so transparently obvious you tell me what the consequences are once again bupkis same consequences again, for filing fake allegations on cabinet none we are dying no one ever gets called to account for this i'm, I'm sorry we're, we're diagnosing again once again, the mindset, the psychology of the Joker here. When you control all of the institutions, what the hell do you care? Yeah. What the hell do you care what the ramifications of anything you do are? You're just chucking bombs. And if and when things do explode, if and when things do reach a death content, uh, as far as boomeranging back on you and everybody explodes, hey, guess what you get to do? Uh, you just cloward pivoted the culture. You just cloward pivoted yeah. the entire country. Yep. So again, when we're talking about what the left is doing here, we are inside the mindset of the Joker. Chaotic evil, and it doesn't matter by hook or by crook, if things completely collapse, guess who wins? You. So, that, so in other words, since they know if this whole thing blows up like Kavanaugh did, like Russian collusion did, no one gets held accountable for it. Yep. No one does. And... Um, and so they'll just, you know, we'll sit here in a month or two and it'll be some, you know, Trump in another country. They'll figure, okay, yep. they'll learn and they'll figure, all right, we got to come up with a better scam next time. Right. That's, that, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Given the fact the precedent has been set, no one, no one goes to jail. No one faces any consequences really for using the system in such a corrupt manner. No one really does. Nope. That notwithstanding. If you look at the merits of their argument, and again, not the argument they're really having, which is we got to impeach this guy because too many people are making a living right now. Okay, we, 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 we know that. We've stated that disclaimer publicly and on social media for three days now. So, but they're not going to say that out loud, obviously. The, the, the merit of the argument they're making is that because Joe Biden was running for president, it's an impeachable offense to engage the corruption bureaucracy that your predecessor established with this government and then gave, handed over to you, you inherited. That, that, if, that if Joe Biden were a private citizen purely and retired from politics, this, none of this would be happening. But it's only because he's running for president that we have to let him get away with corruption. Right? Pretty much. That, that's the argument. I don't I'm not sure what the other argument is. I, I mean, the other argument is what? So therefore, you're really saying if Joe Biden was a private citizen, everything Trump did would have been fine. 
still might not have liked it because he's a Democrat. I might have thought it was politically trashy, but not impeachable. It's so therefore because he's a presidential candidate, he's yeah. he's yeah. more protected and insulated from the law. Yeah, and that's that's what, your argument. That's what really dri- uh, drives the the whistleblowers, however many they are. Uh, nuts. They're in effect. They're effectually consistent. They get their whistleblowers from a better place. They got their Kavanaugh accusers. But continue your point. Go they're, ahead. They're effectually uh, consigliaries to all of this. They just don't like the fact that the, the somebody's opened the door and asking a question about this. They've been signing off on this forever. Then if you're Donald Trump, I don't know, why wouldn't you want to just have this then? Yep. Let's just do it. Well, it's... Let's, 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 not, you know what? Why not just go full you are much, and justice for all Al Pacino, okay, full Bullworth, let's, why, uh, you let's know, give Donald, Warren Beatty, why not? Let's give Donald Trump the most benefit of the, the doubt that all of his most ardent supporters give him. That still being, let's say he is really legitimately has tried and is trying and will continue to try to really change the status quo, but it's always the swamp and the Republicans that stand in his way. With that being said, we're giving Donald Trump the highest benefit of the doubt that we can here in this scenario. Having said that, why would you still not want this? Uh, yes. With that being true. In fact, if because Donald, this is one yes. thing that you can control Agreed. completely by yourself. Uh, that's a great point, Aaron. If, if, if Donald Trump is... What, what many of you think that he is and want him to be, then maybe the only way you get him to be the person you want him to be and think that he is, is for this final confrontation. You guys want to go here and right before the next election, I'm all in. I'll call your bluff. Let's, let's just have your hearing. Let's ha- go ahead and have your vote. In fact, don't even have your, don't even have impeachment hearings in the house. Just hold a vote. Just impeach me now. In fact, if I was on Trump's political team, that's what I, t- that's what I tell him to do. Go out there in the Rose Garden today. And tell the Democrats in the House, don't even hold hearings, committee hearings, hold an up and down impeachment vote today, send it over to the Senate, let's have your removal, I'll bring my evidence, you bring yours, and let the subpoenas begin to fly, I'll see you in the Senate. Just do that today then. This depends on which Steve Dace on his shoulder he listens to, because you you often talk about of how you can't out shameless him. If that's the part of it, then he will do that. But you also said a couple days ago, and I don't have an instinct about this like you do, but you said he's, he you you hear through little birdies that he's terrified of being abused. Well, yes. if he listens yeah. to that guy, well, then he deserves what he gets. What do you think, Aaron? I, I agree with Todd. I mean, this is, again, what are we trying to do here that we say we never try to do? Diagnose what, uh, yep. what to some degree, <laughs> diagnose what Trump is going to do. It's bad. Well, it's if, bad I'm in, day, if I'm in Trump's political operation, you know what, man? This is the black gate of Mordor. Let's just go there. Let's just stop pussyfooting around and let's just let's get to where we were all going to go anyway and call Sauron's bluff. That's what I would do. Yep. All right, we're going to stick around and do it a little over time for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, thanks for tuning in here today. We'll see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.